Hi, everyone. Thank you. That's really nice. It's lovely to be here this morning. It's lovely to be part of this service. And it's an honour to be able to share the story of Joseph. I was really pleased to get the story of Joseph. I, I love it. It's full of danger and drama and difficulties, but it has a really good ending. So that's really good. Um, I've got a PowerPoint which should be coming up on the screen any second. Um, and you will see that the... Um, the story spreads over quite a large chunk of the Bible, um, chapters 37 to 50. Well, obviously, we can't have all that on the screen. So that's why I thought it would be good if you had your Bibles and open them at chapter 37. You might then um, enjoy following the story through because I will be um, taking us on a whistle-stop tour of the story of Joseph. Um, and if I ask people what they thought of Joseph, often the first thing that comes up is Joseph in his coat, his fancy coat. This is one person's bright idea of what Joseph's coat would look like. It was a very special coat. It had long sleeves. It was very embroidered. It signified that he was very special. And I, I know there's lots of um, children watching this this morning with their parents. And I thought it would be really cool if you, nobody knows exactly what the coat looks like. So you could use your imagination and you could draw the most beautiful coat that you can with embroidery, you might have jewels, be all different colours. And then if your parents can, at the end, post it up on Slack on our website at the church, we can then all see what beautiful drawings you have done of Joseph. So if you want to go and get your crayons and your papers and whatever and see what you can draw, that would be really great. And while you're doing that, we'll move on with the the story of Joseph. Um, the next slide shows us um, that Joseph was an example of Jesus. He, he paralleled the story of Jesus in many ways. And as I've looked into this in order to do this talk, I've realised there's so many parallels. I found it quite exciting. Um, and so I kind of have divided Joseph's life up into three sections. Very original, early life midlife and later life and you can see the chapters there that um the, those stories relate to um so as i say do get them and follow them in your bible because we will be skimming our way through all the story so let's go to the beginning to um see how joseph was an example of jesus um the first thing that we know about joseph is that he was very much loved by his father. He, he was one of 12 sons. He was the son of, Joseph, of Jacob's um, favourite wife. And um, he was definitely his favourite son. And he gave him this special coat, um, which was very distinguished. It signified that he was the favourite. Um, it had long sleeves, I believe, which meant that probably he didn't have to do all the work on the farm that his brothers had to do. Um, now, when there's favouritism in a family, that never bodes well for the family, really. And needless to say, his brothers um, envied and hated him. Um, and he was not popular. And actually, that envy and hatred grew um, because he, he, God communicated with Joseph. Joseph had a relationship with God. And God spoke to him in dreams. And um, he had dreams that told his brothers at that time that one day he would rule. Now, 
that didn't go down too well. I don't know if you remember the dreams. Um, again, you'll find them in chapter 37. Um, he had one dream where there was sheaves of corn all stood up. Well, his was stood up and all the other 11 bowed down to him. Obviously, he brought his brothers. And then he had another dream um, about the sun and the moon and 11 stars all bowing down to him. And that clearly, they clearly understood that one day Joseph would rule and they as a family would be bowing to him. Well, that didn't go down too well with his brothers and the envy and hatred of him grew. So before we move on to the next slide, let's just look at some of these issues and we can see how they're paralleled in the life of Jesus. Jesus was loved by his father. When he was um, baptised in the River Jordan, as he came out, the heavens opened and God said, this is my son whom I love and whom, with whom I'm pleased. And some of the older translations use the word beloved son. And for me, actually, that conveys something really special. He was the only one. He was completely loved and unique. And he was very, so that is another, that's the first parallel. Um, and then, of course, we read in other passages how Jesus um, was envied and hated by other people. We haven't got time this morning to look all these verses up, um, but they're there for you to look up later if you want. Um, and we read um, in Mark and John how Jesus was envied and hated. It was the same emotions. And also we read that that was the religious leaders of the time that envied and hated Jesus, the ones that you would have thought would have loved and understood him, were the ones that envied and hated him in the same way as it was Joseph's brothers. Um, and then, of course, we read in Matthew 26, 64, that Jesus promises to come back. He is going to come back and rule. He's going to come back in power and glory and he will rule this world. Um, and again, you can see the parallel. Um, in fact, the more I looked at this, the more parallels there were. It was just amazingly interesting. Um, so let's move on to the next stage of um, jo Joseph's early life. He was still a young man. He might have been about 17. And um, he was sent by his father um, to see how his brothers were doing. Now, his brothers were miles away looking after sheep. And his, their father wanted Joseph to go, take some supplies to care for them, give them some food and check up on what they were doing and report back to him. Well, um, they saw him coming. They saw his beautiful coat. It stood out from the rest at a distance. They saw him coming and they were not best pleased and they decided to kill him. And so he arrived and they grabbed him and they rejected him as a brother and they condemned him to death, stripped him of his clothing, threw him down in a pit to die. And then at the last minute, they decided not to actually kill him, but to sell him. As slave traders came by, they sold him for money. And uh, then they, when they went back, they told the father that he had died, he'd been eaten by animals, and in proof, they showed Jacob the coat the special coat covered in goat's blood. So Joseph's life here is not doing great. He's, he's in serious trouble. Um, the dreams that he'd had seemed impossible. 
to be fulfilled. Um, and when, again, we can see parallels to this, Jesus, we, we read in the Bible how Jesus was sent by God to earth, to us, to um, meet our needs and um, to care for us. And, but we read in all the Gospels, don't we, how um, Jesus was rejected by the people of the time, leaders. How Do you remember how when he was on trial, the people shouted, crucify him, crucify him. They stripped him of his clothing and they contemned him to death uh, on the cross. It, you know, the, the parallels are so interesting. And of course, Joseph... Uh, not Joseph, Jesus, was sold for 30 silver coins, wasn't he? Do you remember Jake, um, Judas, one of his um, closest friends, um, betrayed him and sold him for money uh, before to the, to the authorities so that they could catch him and crucify him? So what happens next to Joseph? Um, he, we move on to the middle section of his life. Um, it's now in chapters 39 and 40, if you want to whiz through in your Bibles. Um, Joseph was sold into slavery and he became the servant of Potiphar. Now, Potiphar was quite a well-to-do man and Joseph did really well. God was with this young man. He was um, equipping him, giving him favour and he did well at his job. He must have been bright. He, he learnt to be a good administrator and organiser, managing people. He was second in charge to the whole household um, and he was good at what he did. Um, but there was a problem. He, Potiphar had a wife who fancied Joseph no end. Joseph was young, he was fit, he was good looking and she wanted Joseph to sleep with her. Um, Joseph avoided the situation. He did not want to do that. He resisted temptation. But one day um, she got hold of him and um, tried to force him to have a relationship. And he ran away. He wriggled out of his coat, left his coat in her arms and ran away, which was the wisest thing he could have done with that kind of temptation, I think. Um, and um, he refused to have anything to do with her. However, she falsely accused him. There was a whole scenario where she told Potiphar that he tried to sleep with her. And, and of course, Potiphar believed her and put Joseph in prison. It was not a good time. Joseph was now in a prison cell and he was in prison for years. But God hadn't left him in the middle of this trouble. He was with him. And actually, um, Joseph even found favour in, in prison and he became, he was given authority by the governor to be responsible for a section of the prison. We don't know exactly what he did, but he may have been sorting out their food and making sure people were not falling out with each other, whatever. But he, he had some authority. And in this place came two men, both had been employed by Pharaoh, uh, one was a butler, one was a baker, and they had dreams. And um, Joseph was able to say that God would help him um, explain the meaning of these dreams. The, the butler and the baker wanted to know. 
And the, the, the butler had a dream of grapes and, uh, and they were being squeezed into a cup and the cup was being, he was able to present the cup to the king or pharaoh of the time. And um, Joseph was able to pr promise deliverance to this condemned man. He was able to say, you will be reinstated. You will go back and work with the pharaoh um, and the king. The baker's dream wasn't such good news. Um, he had cakes in a basket on his head and the birds came down and ate it. And that implied, and Joseph explained that actually that he would die. He would not get back. So he had bad news for that person. Um, and again, I think you'll already see from the headings how the parallels run the same in Jesus' life. Um, in Philippians 2, verse 7, we read about Jesus taking on the very nature of a servant. I'm just going to read you those verses. If you want to look them up, feel free. Um, I'm going to start at verse 6, actually, because I can't miss it out. This, this whole passage I find so special. Jesus, it says about Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human life, in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even to death. It's Jesus. I find this whole section amazing. Jesus is in heaven with God, all the resources of heaven. He's the creator of this earth. And he, he came to earth taking the very nature of a servant. It's just incredible because he loves us. Um, and we also have somebody who understands us and understands our temptations. But we read in Hebrews 4, um, verse 15, that he was somebody who was tempted. He understands temptation. But he didn't, he didn't sin. He resisted temptation. And, of course, there's a whole section um, where it talks in the Bible about Jesus being in the wilderness and the devil coming and tempting him in various ways, which we haven't got time to go into. I'm sure, one of which was turning stones into bread when he was starving. I think that would have been a huge temptation, really. Anyway, there's others, but you can look at them later. Um, but he, he didn't sin. Um, which is so good to know we have that um, uh, representative in heaven on our behalf. Um, let's look at the next section, falsely accused. Well, that's, we know that Jesus was falsely accused. Before he went, he was, um, before he was crucified, he went to court, he went to trial. And in that trial, um, many false witnesses came forward and testified against him. The whole issue of people telling falsehoods about you is such a hard one to bear. Um, and they did it to Jesus in the same way as Joseph was falsely accused. Um, the other interest, I found this really interesting, um, that just as Joseph promised deliverance to a condemned man, do you remember Jesus also promised deliverance to a condemned man when he was on the cross at um, Calvary, he was crucified with two other people by the side of him. One of, both of whom was thieves and corrupt, but one of whom recognised who Jesus was and asked him to remember him. And Jesus promised that thief that he would 
join him in paradise and gave him deliverance in a way that nobody else could. Um, It's amazing. And and the parallel to the story of Joseph, I find it amazing. I had never really thought through that whole Butler Baker thing in that way before. Um, So, yeah. So let's go on now to his later life. Um, Joseph um, was in prison. He'd asked the butler when he was reinstated, which he was, he'd asked the butler to remember him to Pharaoh to put in a good word. But needless to say, the butler was too busy and completely forgot. Um, We're in chapters 41, 43, by the way. So we're whizzing through this. Um, And... Pharaoh was uh, having dreams and he had two dreams that he didn't understand. He was desperate to find out um, what they meant and nobody could. And at that point, the butler remembered Joseph and said, I know a man whose God enabled him to understand dreams. And so Joseph was brought out of prison. He was given new clothes and he went to the king and he was able to explain the meaning of these dreams. You may remember the dreams. The, the king, Pharaoh, had a dream of um, seven fat cows and then seven thin cows, and the seven thin cows ate the seven fat cows. And he also had a dream about corn, and the foot, he had seven full ears of corn and seven thin ears of corn, and the seven thin ears ate up the seven fat ears. Dreams were fairly bizarre, but Joseph asked God to give him the meaning, and he did. And he explained to Pharaoh that um, he would uh, have seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine, and he would have to um, organise his grain. And Joseph came up with some strategies to help Pharaoh manage this situation so people didn't die. And the pharaoh recognised that something special about this young man and he promoted him to a position of honour and glory and gave him a new name at the same time. And he asked people to bow down before him and um, had to do what he said. He was second in command to pharaoh. It's amazing that this guy who'd been sold as a slave, put in prison, overnight is suddenly running the whole country and the nations around and about. And as a result, he was able to save people. He saved the lives of people. He gave them food and um, uh, they didn't go hungry. And people didn't. It wasn't just the Jewish race that were saved by Joseph. It was all the nations in the Egyptians around and about. Well, needless to say, his own family, miles away in Canaan, were also starving when the famine came along and they had to go to um, Egypt to get money. But when they got to him, needless to say, they didn't recognise him at all. Um, I guess Joseph would have been in Egyptian clothes, he'd grown up, he'd matured, he probably spoke Egyptian and they had no idea who he really was. And um, again, we'll look at how these this part of his later life is reflected in the life of Jesus. And if we go back to that passage in Philippians, chapter 2, 
verses 9 and 10. I will read that to you. This is what happened to Jesus. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. This is after he'd been crucified on the cross. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amazing. It's so similar. The story is so similar. The whole food thing, Jesus, well, he did provide food when there was, um, when he was preaching for people, but what he said was about himself is Jesus is, he said, I am the bread of life. And um, obviously he doesn't give us all loaves to chomp on. He, um, he's talking about being the source of our spiritual life. He is the sustenance on which we depend. And in John 3, 16, that well-known verse which says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Joseph saved people from death in this life, but Jesus saves us from eternal death and gives us everlasting life. It's amazing. Um, his family um, didn't recognise Joseph, but the same was true of Jesus, actually. Many of his closest friends didn't recognise who he was. They struggled to understand who he was. And you can see those verses in John 14, 9 and 2 Corinthians 3, 14, if you want to look them up. So what happens next in towards the end of this story? Um, Joseph um, allowed his brothers a time of trouble and testing before revealing himself and rescuing them. It's interesting, isn't it? There's a whole huge section in chapters 43 to 47 about what went on with his brothers. Um, basically, they came to him for food. They didn't recognise him. He sent them back to bring Benjamin, the youngest son um, of the family, to see him. Um, when he came, there was a whole story about how Joseph put this, his silver cup in the sack of Benjamin and how they were then caught and brought back to Egypt. Um, and it was a time of testing for the brothers before he revealed himself. But then Joseph, it says in the Bible, he could contain himself no longer. He was so wanting to love his, his brothers and let them know that it was okay. He, he was weeping and he revealed himself to them. And they, he, they thought he was dead, but he was alive. And with it, with it, he brings forgiveness and reconciliation to his brothers and a whole new re relationship with his people. It was um, an, a very special moment. And Joseph was very clear to his brothers. He said, it's OK what you did to me. It's OK, I forgive you, because what you intended for harm, God intended for good. And God, he recognised, Joseph recognised that God had been with him throughout his life, through all the ups and downs, through the prison, everything. He knew that God had brought him to this place 
in order to save his people. And um, eventually they, all his family moved over to Egypt and he looked after them and cared for them and fed them and helped them to prosper um, for, the, for the duration of the famine. Um, and of course, you can see some similarities here with Jesus. Interestingly, in uh, Jeremiah and Matthew 24, 21, it talks about um, how before Jesus returns and reveals himself to the world, he will come back and he will reveal himself. But it says in, those, in Matthew 24, 21, that there will be a time of big trouble, lots of testing. Um, he, Jesus was explaining to his disciples all the different signs that he, we need to look out for in order to be ready for him coming back. And, um, and the truth is he will come back, but we will have this time of trouble and testing to go through. Um, there's lots of debate about what that looks like when it is. I would say we're not having a very good time at the moment, are we, with COVID? But hey, now I'm not getting into all that, um, but it's still the truth. Um, and of course... Jesus, we know, he was crucified, he was dead, he was buried, he, he came back alive, he resurrected from the grave, and with that he brings forgiveness and reconciliation uh, and a restored relationship with God. Um, and as I reflect back on the, all these different parallels, I, I, I find it just amazing how um, God had plans and purposes from the beginning. And um, as we finish this talk, um, the, we can see right from the beginning of time, God had a plan. When Adam and Eve brought sin into the world and that barrier occurred so that we could not have that relationship with God that we wanted, um, God put, had in his head a plan to rescue us. And he... He was pointing people throughout the Old Testament. He was pointing us in the direction of Jesus. And this story of Joseph shows us the many parallels that exist between Joseph and Jesus, who comes later. And Jesus came. He, he, he's part of this rescue plan to save us, as I said before, not just from physical death, but from eternal death. And, and as he comes and he and he died on that cross. He brings with him the forgiveness and reconciliation that we can have with God. And as Joseph's brothers enjoyed a whole new relationship with Joseph, we can enjoy a, a wonderful new relationship with God and Jesus. Uh, for me, it's the most precious gift. that I, I can't imagine life without him. He's been part of my life for a very long time. And the reality of him being in my life, the reality of his truth and his love and his forgiveness and having the God of heaven as part of my life is just wonderful. And um, I think, you know, if any of you who are listening this morning are thinking, I'm not sure I've got that relationship or if I have got that relationship, I'd like it to be a bit deeper and a bit more real, then do feel free if you're on Zoom to stay at the end and there'll be people to pray for you and talk to you about what it means to have this new relationship with Jesus. Um, it's definitely worth it. So um, yeah, enjoy, feel free to stay and feel free to read it all in more detail later. And I'm gonna hand over back to Dave, David.
Thanks.